Hi everyone, I'm Glenn. And I'm Doug, we're with the Dead Daisies Band. And we're coming around, get out of the house tour this summer. And we can't wait to see you. And we're coming to Battle Creek, Michigan on July the 7th. At the Music Factory, and we hit the stage at 9 p.m. so we get there early so we can party. Check out www.deaddaisy.com for a ticket. And we can't wait to see you. Peace and love, everyone. See you soon. Welcome to another episode of the Slam Fest Podcast, where we bring the premier rock concert pre-gaming experience from the parking lot to the podcasting airwaves. I'm Brad, so another real-time show in 2021. I could really get used to this. I've mentioned before that my goal is, after seeing a show, immediately doing an episode and getting it out the following week. So here you go, and this time, it's a super group at a great little venue in Battle Creek, Michigan. This episode is going to revolve around the Dead Daisies show I saw on July 7th, 2021, at the Music Factory in Battle Creek, Michigan. So my background with the Dead Daisies, I feel like that name has just been bouncing around uh, for for many years now, and I have never actually pulled the trigger on purchasing anything by them, streaming anything by them, or seeing them in concert. And to be honest with you, I'm not not really sure why. They opened for the Kiss Def Leppard tour in 2014, which I saw that tour but did not see the dead daisies at that time it was john stevens on vocals richard fortis on lead guitars david lowey on rhythm guitar marco mendoza on bass brian titchy on drums and dizzy reed on keyboards and then they opened for kiss on the freedom of rock tour in 2016 and again i saw that tour but did not see the Dead Daisies open that show. And at that time, it was John Karabi, guitars and lead vocals, Doug Aldrich, lead guitars, David Lowey, rhythm guitar, Brian Titchy on drums, and Marco Mendoza on bass. So that one is a little bit questionable because I love John Karabi, love everything he's done. I love Doug Aldrich and the stuff that he's been involved with. Uh, Brian Titchy, great drummer. So the fact that I didn't see them open that tour is probably a misstep by me. But yet again, and as you've uh, learned (laughs) from hearing some of the shows that I've attended and and openers that I've missed, uh, it is squarely put on the shoulders of how much fun is had during the pre-gaming. So when Karabi and Mendoza were replaced by Glenn Hughes, I know I heard mixed reaction out there. People were saying, oh, with no Karabi, it's 
not the dead daisies and and all of that type of thing but when <laughs> when i heard that glenn hughes was joining that piqued my interest and in my eyes everything that glenn hughes touches turns to gold so during 2020 i can remember kind of towards the end of 2020 um, they were talking about releasing this album in in late january of 21 holy ground and i remember hearing a couple of samples and I, I was really getting excited i loved what i heard and couldn't wait for the album to come out album came out i picked it up and have enjoyed it ever since so fast forward to the springtime i want to say is when they ended up uh, releasing a handful of tour dates which ended up getting dubbed the get out of the house tour and these were actually ended up being um, warm-up dates for they've got a larger tour uh, coming up in the fall so this get out of the house tour started june 23rd of 2021 in boca raton florida and it included nine dates and they went so from florida went to tennessee michigan ohio kentucky and indiana they ended up playing the token lounge in westland michigan a week before this battle creek show I remember looking at that date as well um, from my house to the token lounge um, hour 15 hour 20 minutes somewhere in that range and battle creek is you know under probably just under an hour and i actually prefer the music factory in battle creek over the token lounge in westland michigan um, i just think there's a better better stage kind of a better vibe inside that venue than the token lounge so it was kind of a no-brainer uh, both shows were on a wednesday so that didn't uh, play into my decision and ended up getting a ticket for the music factory show now what was funny about the the music factory facebook page and you know i guess i can call them out a little bit on on some false advertising which again i'm sure happens all of the time especially with a band like this that rotates members and has been rotating members quite a bit since its inception but the uh, facebook page so the ad read dead daisies coming to battle creek featuring doug aldrich whitesnake dio dean castronova journey bad english glenn hughes deep purple david lowey red phoenix mink and it says the band will be playing songs from deep purple along with hits from the other members bands so a couple things obviously it's got the wrong member on there even though the picture actually had a picture of tommy clefettos in it still listed dean castronova so you know twofold it's got the wrong member listed in this in this ad and then it basically says right the band will be playing songs from deep purple along with hits from the other members bands so you know did people actually think that they were going to go to this show and only hear deep purple songs white snake and dio songs journey and bad english songs red phoenix and mink songs what the fuck which nobody i don't think would really know what that is so anyway kind of uh again i know how this can happen 
um, especially with uh, uh, kind of the idea of the dead daisies. It's got rotating members in it. But my guess is there were people that showed up to the show that didn't know any of the original songs from the Dead Daisies and were going just from the names there and hoping to hear um, some songs from maybe some of those other bands. In addition, a band called Dark Trilogy opened, uh, but I did not see them. So getting into the show, so the Dead Daisies set list unspoken rise up dead and gone chosen and justified mexico bustle and flow lock and load fortunate son midnight moses mistreated righteous days my fate leave me alone song and a prayer like no other baseline and the regular set ended with Holy Ground, Shake the Memory. And then they encored Long Way to Go and the song Burn. So the breakdown here. So Dead Daisy's debut album, one song. Revolution, two songs. Make Some Noise, three songs. Burn It Down, three songs. Holy Ground, seven songs. And then, as you heard, there were two Deep Purple songs in there, both off the album Burn. So as you heard, there were two other covers in there, Fortunate Son, which is obviously a CCR cover, and then Midnight Moses, which is a cover of a sensational Alex Harvey Band song. Now, both of those songs ended up on Dead Daisy's studio releases so i didn't list them as covers but listed them from the albums that they actually came from so as i kind of mentioned already the lineup consisted of glenn hughes bass lead vocals basically since 2019 doug aldrich on lead guitar from 2015 david lowey rhythm guitar and founder of the Dead Daisies, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. And then Tommy Clefettos, drums, he toured with them back in 2015, and then did not play on this most recent album, but was brought in for the tour. So song-wise, I, you know, I was, I was happy that there were seven songs off of Holy Ground. Um, of the 11 that are on that album. I was happy to see that because, again, I I owned that album. Didn't own the other albums, but streamed um, some of the stuff just to become familiar with it. And then, obviously, I was familiar with the two uh, Deep Purple songs off of Burn. So when the house lights went down, they had started to play I Don't Need No Doctor by Humble Pie over the PA, and it was getting louder and louder. And again, small venue like this, you know, you could see the band come in kind of the back door on the side of the stage uh, one at a time, getting their instruments on and getting ready for the show, which was which was cool. So right after that song ended, pretty much ran on stage and this is how it started.
again, unspoken, great, great song from the new album. Could have probably led off the album as well. It's a great opener for the set. And then going back and listening to some of the other Dead Daisies albums, you know, there was a song off of the first album that, that stood out to me. And looking back into that, it looks like Slash was involved in that song and played on that song, and it was called Lock and Load. the two cover songs fortunate son and midnight moses both very very cool songs back to back which was kind of interesting to have cover songs back to back and then after midnight moses actually there was a drum solo and talk a little bit more about tommy clufettos and when i've seen him before but holy cow he uh he really really impressed me and then when the band came back on stage they ripped into a great rendition of Deep Purple's Mistreated.
then two other songs from the new album that they played uh, back to back, um, which were really, really good. One, Righteous Days. song of the night was called My Fate.
So again, the stage, you know, had a really cool backdrop. Didn't look exactly like the album cover, um, but similar idea. And again, the way whatever it was made out of, when the lights shined on it, it really brought it to life. So very, very cool. He had two half-stack Marshall cabinets on either side of the stage, and then two orange bass uh, cabinets uh, right next to the to the drums. And it was kind of interesting, before the show started, uh, Glenn Hughes' tech came out and, and checked the microphone height uh, simply by uh, checking where it hit him on his Adam's apple, which uh, uh, was, was funny. Um, you know, during the show was, was kind of interesting. Looked like, um, Glenn Hughes had, you know, and whether he was wearing, I don't know what these are called. Um, but it looked like orange, um, you know, thumbnails, uh, you know, over his, uh, right thumb, which was, and it kind of had a pick, um, attached to it. So that's, uh, didn't know, uh, that he, he used that. And he had one also on his other thumb which i don't know if that had something to do with what he was doing on the neck but um i thought that was interesting glenn hughes was having a lot of uh, trouble keeping his left uh ear monitor in which uh you know was probably somewhat distracting for him but it didn't really impact his performance doug aldrich very animated uh interactive with the crowd the whole time and provided a lot of great great backing vocals you know back to glenn hughes again great performer um smiled a lot actually all the guys smiled a lot which was which was cool to see it looked like they were just loving being back on stage uh, again and but you know david lowey so he's he's the founder you know i didn't dive in a ton on their history but you know he's from australia a businessman uh aviator you know he played played well didn't do a ton of of backing vocals and you know he just didn't i don't know he just didn't look completely comfortable <laughs> on stage i don't know if that makes any sense but you know again i don't know if he's you know hasn't been maybe doing this obviously as long as the other the other guys have been doing it and and so there was just a little bit of uncomfortableness from him and as i mentioned during the drum solo so tommy clufettos <laughs> man oh man he again i've i've seen him a couple times which i'll talk about a little bit later um with some other bands and you know never got this uh, intimate of a look at him but he hits those drums and cymbals so hard so one of his uh cymbals on his right side actually he hit it so hard that it ended up getting loosened and ended up flying off and you know his tech had to come on and you know while they were still playing he was putting it putting it back on so just really really impressed uh with the energy and and how much power he actually had behind the kit so then right before burn so i mean i want to say the music you know had already started and there looked like there must have been, you know, like a dry ice, small dry ice machine on the ceiling, kind of right above where Hughes uh, and his microphone uh, were. And there 
water started to not you know not like a faucet but water started to drip down and hit him on the head and it really <laughs> freaked him out i mean obviously it would probably startled him to begin with but then you know i think he, he i think he started to think well you know i need to i need to move you know cuz i can't have water falling on me i'm playing a um uh, a musical instrument that's you know that's hooked up um, electrically and and singing through a microphone, you know, as well. So as the song is starting, he was playing the bass notes as he as he could, almost you know, one handed, and he's grabbed onto the mic and moved it over, you know, three feet to the left, and you know, during the end of that song, which was the last song that they had played you could read his lips and he was talking to the other band members and he was saying that sounded like or looked like that he had gotten shocked even i guess i don't know when that happened or you know the severity of it it must not have been too severe but anyway that was kind of a weird weird thing to have at the end of the at the end of the show and he almost indicated you know that they were going to play something else but they ended up um, wrapping it up. I again looking at the set lists of some of the other shows, it didn't look like they had played uh, any additional songs. So you know, most likely that was the last song. But again, overall, what a killer show! Um, Glenn Hughes is a is a perfect match for this band. They they looked great, sounded great. Look forward to seeing them again in the near future. So as I've mentioned, you know, over the last year of the shows that I've been to, I've I've got these little laminated Slam Fest podcast <laughs> business cards that I've taken to some of these shows, and obviously a great place to to lay these things out is in the in the bathroom, and and uh, you know, so I did that, put them in the stalls, put them in front of they had quite a few urinals actually, put them in front of the urinals, kind of early on before the band actually uh, came on. So at, at some point I, I had to use the facilities and I went in there. And what was interesting was a couple of them were actually propped up, you know, kind of against the wall above the urinal. And that's not where I put them. So somebody obviously <laughs> looked at it, but then propped it up for me, which was nice because it made it easier to read while someone was taking a piss. And of course, it also is better that they did that versus dropping it in the urinal or like that other show that I went to at the Togan Lounge where it ended up in the in the toilet. So anyway, so prior to probably a month or so prior to the show, I actually reached out to the Dead Daisies and you know requested uh, an interview, introduced myself in the podcast and tried to get uh, one of the guys on for an interview and you know they didn't need to respond you know they've got bigger fish to fry and all that type of thing but they actually responded to me whoever responded it was it was uh signed uh tdd just for the dead daisies but here was the response thank you for contacting the dead daisies and for purchasing a ticket to the battle creek michigan show on 7721. Can't wait to rock out with everyone again. As the band's schedule is very tight while they are on the road, they won't be doing interviews at the show and are limited 
with publicity time for interviews while on the road. Thank you for your support and send us a link to the podcast when completed and we look forward to hearing it, The Dead Daisies. So I thought that was very classy, you know, a little podcast uh, like mine and, and, you know, they're taking the time to, to respond even though I didn't get the interview. You know, getting a response uh, either way was very, very cool. So now onto the band on the Bill Spotlight. I thought with a super group like this, why not get into my background with the band members that made up this lineup of the Dead Daisies, which will also lead into, I didn't talk about, you know, any pre-gaming that I did, um, and I will get into that, and it uh, revolves around the members of the band. So, start off with Glenn Hughes. So, my recollection on Glenn Hughes, and again, that name <laughs> obviously carries some weight with it, but I think my first introduction to the name Glenn Hughes was the Black Sabbath album that he did, Seventh Star. I did not own it. My brother did. That was my first exposure to Glenn Hughes. Uh, didn't know anything about the Deep Purple stuff until much later. I probably knew about those Deep Purple albums more because of David Coverdale uh, than uh, due to Glenn Hughes, at least at the time of being exposed to those. So then moving on to Doug Aldrich. So my first exposure to Doug Aldrich was seeing him live with uh, Dio and you know then obviously after that you know he joined White Snake and and was on uh, Good to Be Bad and and the Forevermore albums. Um, actually saw him with White Snake um, two times. Well, actually one and a half times, and we'll get we'll get into that. So then Tommy Clufetos so mentioned um, that I had seen him uh, live before with a couple of bands. So saw him actually drum uh, with Ozzy uh, a couple of times, and ended up seeing him on Black Sabbath's The End farewell tour so saw him on that tour as well so and then david lowey uh of, of the dead daisies uh i i didn't know anything about him uh in those other uh, couple bands that the music factory had listed on that advertisement so not familiar with him at all until kind of diving into the dead daisies uh, material a little bit more so I mentioned pre-gaming, and so what I ended up doing is going back and Glenn Hughes, Doug Aldrich, Tommy Clufetos, and getting any of the albums that they were involved in, whether playing an instrument, singing on it, um, you know, that type of thing, and basically making a playlist uh, of all of that. And my idea was I'm going to just draw songs from that, from that playlist, and that is going to make up my, my pre-gaming. So my pre-gaming consisted of a couple things. So first, the drive down to Battle Creek. So 
you know, had just, you know, less than an hour drive, but, you know, started to go through, um, some of the, some of the material, uh, that I had, uh, in the playlist. And again, I had the full albums, you know, in this playlist that I was, that I was drawing from. And then obviously getting there and, you know, just hung out, hung out in the car, had a couple of, uh, adult beverages and, and listened to, uh, listen to some tunes before before going in so i've got this split up in a couple different ways so first just the drive to battle creek and then the actual pre-gaming time so drive to battle creek started off with the song jury by trapeze that came off of the album medusa next up lock me up from hurricane off the album slave to the thrill next what's going on here off of Deep Purple's Burn, Call On Me from White Snake's Good To Be Bad, You Make Me Wanna from Alice Cooper's Dirty Diamonds, Midnight Oil from California Breed, their debut and only album, Lay Down Stay Down from House of Lords' Sahara, Seventh Star, the title cut off of Black Sabbath's Seventh Star album, Scream, off of Dio's Killing the Dragon, Let It All Bleed Out, Rob Zombie's Educated Horses, and then Smokestack Woman from Black Country Communion's BCC2. So looking at that, that list of 11 songs, so obviously Trapeze, Deep Purple, California Breed, Black Sabbath, at least the seventh star album, and Black Country Communion, so that's all representing Glenn Hughes. Then you had the Hurricane song, the White Snake song, House of Lords song, the Dio song off of Killing the Dragon, so that was all representing Doug Aldrich. And then I had an Alice Cooper song in there from Dirty Diamonds, and a Rob Zombie song from Educated Horses. So that was representing drummer Tommy Pifetos. So that was a fun drive down there. Great variety, which again is what I was going for. And good, uh, good set of 11 songs to uh, kick it off. So then the pre-gaming songs. Cherry Grove from Burning Rain's debut. Highball Shooter from Deep Purple's Stormbringer. Tell Me How from White Snake's Forevermore, At Home There from Ted Nugent's Crave Man, Black Cloud from Trapeze off of Medusa, 10,000 Years off of Hurricane's Slave to the Thrill, One Last Soul from the debut from Black Country Communion, the title cut off of Dio's Killing the Dragon, Loner off of Black Sabbath. 13, The Way off of California Breed's debut, The Cure off of Burning Rain's Epic Obsession, Steal That Car from Alice Cooper's Dirty Diamonds, Confessor from Black Country Communion's Afterglow, Can You Hear the Wind Blow from White Snake's Good to Be Bad, Getting Tighter from Deep Purple's Come Taste the Band, and last but not least, Shoot from House of Lords, Sahara. So again, you know, some repeat albums 
uh, in there because again there was only so much material uh, that I could draw from some different stuff in the pre-gaming so Burning Rain the uh, band that uh, Doug Aldrich had put together Ted Nugent Crave Man so Tommy Clefettos played on that Black Sabbath's 13 Tommy Clefettos played on that album as well and then I think everything else was covered well again the deep purple you know come taste the band uh album was represented and stormbringer was was represented uh and then white snakes forevermore was also uh, represented in there but you know those are you know who who's playing on those so anyway thought that was kind of a cool idea uh, to go through and again like i said great variety some great great songs in there and it was a good pregame, beautiful night. Roll down the windows and crank some tunes. So now on to the Slam Fest tip of the week. So you just heard me talk about quote-unquote pregaming, but I didn't mention that anybody else went with me to this show because nobody else went with me to this show. And so I want to talk a little bit about going to shows alone. And to me, I don't think it's a big deal. What, you know, what I prefer to have some of the uh, Slamfest crew, you know, with me going to the show, sure. And that's not possible because we don't uh, we don't live in the same states, so that's not going to happen. And most of the other acquaintances that I have aren't necessarily into the same type of music that I'm into. So I will go to shows on my own and I have no problem with it. I mean, at the show itself, I'm so immersed in the music that it's not even, I'm not even giving it a second thought that I'm not sharing it with somebody else because I'm so engaged and so into it that it doesn't even, doesn't even phase me. So what about the pre-gaming? So like I said, obviously driving down, you know, listen to music, on the drive down but getting there and you know again this wasn't a uh, a parking lot situation where so just hanging out you know in my car listening to music and having a couple of beers and what's funny though about that is when anybody out of a slam fest crew is going to a show you know the text chain is flying so you know sitting there and sending texts and taking pictures of the songs that I'm playing and people reacting to them and you know so it's the next best thing they're not actually there with me but it feels like they are so again obviously I enjoy going to shows with others but you know what it's not so bad going to a show on your own one place I won't be on my own this summer this August will rock as Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville This annual convention brings together rock artists, fans, and podcasters for an unforgettable rock experience. Meet Billy Sheehan, Ron Keel, Ricky Rackman, Mark Goodman, Matt Pinfield, Don Jameson of That Metal Show, drum legends Carmine Apice and Vinny Apice, along with current and former members of Winger, LA Guns, Except, Roxy Blue, and more panels, signing sessions, and vinyl and memorabilia vendors all available to you at Rockin' Pod. Music podcasters from all over North America will be appearing on site for live interviews, networking, and speaking sessions. Got a music podcast? Register and join us. 
Rockin' Pod Weekend kicks off with a pre-party concert featuring former Tesla guitarist Tommy Skeo and his new band Resist and Bite. Plus, Ron Keel Acoustic, Rock United, and a rare hair set featuring many surprise guests. Rockin' Pod Weekend, August 6th through the 8th in Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets, VIP, podcaster registration, and discounted hotel rooms are available now at rockandpod.com. Rockin' Pod, brought to you by DBG Productions, Brad Lee Entertainment, and Incaptia. So let's close out this episode with a which side are you on? So obviously one band on the bill, and why not do the album that they're supporting on this short run of dates that I saw? So yes, the Dead Daisies Holy Ground album. Released January 22nd, 2021. Produced by Ben Gross. So as I mentioned, this album includes the lineup I saw at the show. Except it included Dean Castronova on drums instead of Tommy Clufettos. So credit-wise, the music is all credited to the Dead Daisies. The lyrics credited to Glenn Hughes. So this album's got 11 tracks on it, so to make this easy, I ended up removing the cover of 30 Days in the Hole in order to make it an even 5-track versus 5-track Which Side Are You On? And real quick, on the 30 Days in the Hole cover, again, great song. It's been covered a million times, however, and, you know, again, they do a great job of it. Hughes sounds good on it. Just figured, you know what? Not going to include it on this uh, on this segment. So, diving into side one kicks off with the title cut, "Holy Ground." It's got "Shake the Memory" in parentheses. So again, great upbeat, galloping type riff. Uh, Glenn sounds amazing. The verse, kind of call and response uh, between the vocal and the riff, which is really really cool. Again, real mellow pre-chorus, and then it kicks in for the chorus. Great backing vocals, and Glenn kind of going back and forth, kind of call and response um, type of thing. Second verse has got some delay on soul vibration down in the fire glow on glow. Sounds really cool. Great guitar solo. Wah pedal in there. And then a cool short breakdown, and then outro. Great. Can't shake the memory on holy ground. Cool, cool song. Next up, like no other, and then bassline in parentheses. So maybe the Dead Daisies version of all about that bass. Because you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. Again, opens with a great, great bass line, as it should with the title of the song. Verse, great lyrics, my little dove um, in there. And then chorus, again, just Glenn, you're like no other, can you feel my bass line? So then after the chorus, Glenn's got some solo vocal lines in there, just amazing. And then great guitar fill before getting into the next verse. And then chorus two, you got backing vocals in there on the you're like no other part. 
which is gonna be a theme kind of throughout this album. It's like the first chorus. It's just Hughes singing, and then they get into the subsequent choruses and the outros, and you've got backing vocals in there. So very, very well-arranged songs. And then more solo vocal lines from Hughes, and then goes right into the solo. And then there's a chorus. Why wouldn't there be? There's a bass solo in there, which is awesome. And then, like I said, the outro, great backing vocals, great, great song. Track three, Come Alive. So yet another cool riff. The verse is good. First chorus, again, just Glenn, but an amazing delivery. Very, very cool. Second chorus, you got backing vocals on Come Alive. And then another breakdown before the solo. And then outro, there's a Hughes scream in there. Great delay. And then some backing vocals saying Come Alive, start over cool song next up bustle and flow again great riff verse actually the riff during the verse reminded me and i was sitting there like what does this sound like and it's china white from the scorps off of blackout call and response vocal and riff in there great pre-chorus and then chorus again hughes vocal alone call and response with the riff very very cool and then you got great backing vocals added later during the choruses. That cool, cool song. And then side one ends with My Fate, which I played that clip from the show. Heavy, heavy riff. Almost, almost has a Sabbath feel to it. Again, really mid-tempo. Verse, mellow, great delivery. And then chorus, back into that heavy riff. Just Glenn on the vocal, and then, you know, they're adding the, the backing vocals on My Fate in there. And then a great, great solo. So, great way to end the album. So, again, on side one, they played four of the five songs um, at the show that I saw. So, Holy Ground, Like No Other, Bustle and Flow, and My Fate. So, moving on to side two, kicks off with Chosen and Justified. Great riff. Cool verse, chorus, Glenn, some great phrasing in there, real crunchy underlying riff, uh, and guitar fills in there, very cool. And then back into the intro riff and some fills before getting into the next verse. Very, very cool song. Cool musical breakdown, which then leads into the solo. And then the outro, great call and response. You got some guitar fills in there with Glenn's vocal. Great, great song. Next up, Saving Grace. Again, another great riff. Verse, you know, just drums and vocal, and then call and response with the with the riff. Very cool. Pre-chorus and, and then the chorus again, just Glenn. I don't think they brought any backing vocals um, until the outro, but again, another another great song. Unspoken, they let off the show with it, and I played that clip. I, I personally, I think it's the best song on the album. You know, they could have had it kick off the album. I think it works so well as a as a kickoff for the set. I think it would have worked well uh, leading off the album as well. But again, intro riff and, and the drumming. I mean, it's just, just amazing stuff. And then real mellow verse, slow tempo. Uh, bones are breaking, hear the rattle and the moan. Uh, and he kind of holds that moan uh, note and, and kind of goes up... Uh, up an octave, which is very, very cool. Chorus, then up tempo, 
underlying unspoken and unbroken backing vocals with then Glenn's vocal uh, interjecting over it. Very, very cool. Verse two, call and response, lead fills with Glenn's vocal. Awesome stuff. And again, another cool breakdown before the solo and then the outro. Just amazing soloing, guitar soloing and drum fills in there. Damn, great, great song. Track nine, Righteous Days. I played that clip from that song as well. Great guitar riff, kicks in. Verse, underlying guitar tone fading in and out. Very, very cool effect. Pre-chorus is when the song then kicks in and the chorus, great melody and delivery. Glenn, again, just on his own uh, during the chorus initially. Then there's a great breakdown, some great lyrics uh, and music uh, in there leading into the solo. And then kind of another breakdown coming out of the solo and back back into the chorus. Glenn just whispering that chorus before it kicks into the uh, to the outro awesome awesome song and then the side and the album closes with the song far away so to me a great great way to end the album seven minute plus song first half of the song is very mellow but amazing vocal performance from Hughes Second chorus, again, you got some backing vocals that kick in, but great, great song. So then halfway through, the song kicks in. Cool riff into a ripping solo. Again, I've got noted here that that riff is so cool. They could have just plucked that right out of there and and, uh, written another song entirely. But then it goes back into the kind of the mellow core part of the song. And then the last minute 30... another cool riff into a just a real epic sounding ending so again i know some people aren't crazy about mellow songs closing out albums but again in this case yeah it's a mellow song but it's got it kicks in in the in the center during the solo kind of goes back to that mellow part and then the last buck 30 great riff into an uh like i said an epic epic ending so i think that's the way you do it that's the way you close out a great great album so again as i mentioned four songs from the first side were played and three songs from the second side were were played chosen and justified unspoken and righteous days so again overall just an amazing album amazing vocals and lyrics from hughes throughout Great performances by everybody in the band. Well-written songs, arranged well. You know, it would have been interesting to hear Tommy Clufetos play uh, on this recording after after seeing him absolutely nailing uh, a lot of these songs live. So this is this is really really hard. And obviously, this is the first episode I think that I've done a uh, which side are you on on a album this new and this is really really tough because i i think this album well for sure will end up on my top 10 releases for the year and again most likely it'll be top five as well but looking just looking at the sides themselves i i think side two is actually just put together a little bit better you know it's got 
it's got a little bit more variety uh, to it. You know, it's got some great rockers, uh, Chosen and Justified, Unspoken, and Righteous Days. Um, then, it, you know, it's got Saving Grace in there, which is a really cool song. And then, you know, that epic ending song, Far Away. I think it's just, I think it's just laid out a little bit better and has a little bit, uh, a little bit more variety to it. So I'm going with side two over side one of the Dead Daisies 2021 release, Holy Ground. Did anyone see the Dead Daisies on any of these Get Out of the House warm-up tour dates? If so, when and where and what were your thoughts, memories, or stories from that show? Is anyone planning to see the Dead Daisies in the fall of 2021? What are your thoughts on the current lineup of the Dead Daisies? What is your previous exposure to Glenn Hughes, Doug Aldrich, and Tommy Clifettos? And last but not least, what are your thoughts on the Dead Daisies' latest studio release, Holy Ground, from 2021? Side one or side two? Let us know your thoughts by emailing us at slamfestpodcast at gmail.com or request to join our private Facebook page at Slamfest Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time.